Good morning and welcome to the Dungeon Musings Podcast. My name is Kevin Madison and I will be your friendly dungeon muser today. Today, it's uh, it's been less than a week since our last episode, and uh, but I've had an idea for something I wanted to chat about that I think might be, um, it's something that has come uh, to, apparent to me after uh, kicking off a new campaign, and I wanted to talk about it uh, before, and, and in a fairly informal way, as is often the case on uh, this podcast. Now, what, what I want to talk about today is, um, is just kicking off campaigns, because I think sometimes the challenge is, um, yeah, that can present a challenge for, for uh, DMs. Uh, I, I know I uh, often uh, end up with, it's not analysis paralysis, but I think it's uh, over planning uh, and not just um, recognizing the organic nature of uh, RPG campaigns. So let's um, get out of the intro and get to the meat of this podcast. So uh, at the time of recording, um, I am now six episodes into my new uh, fifth edition D and D campaign that we're uh, we're calling uh, Heirs of Eversong, and it is uh, it's a bit of a different one because it is set in uh, the world of Warcraft. Uh, we found a really interesting uh, hack for playing fifth edition D and D in the Warcraft setting. Um, there's a couple of them floating around online. Uh, one of them is actually a little more a little longer than this particular one. Uh, and includes a lot of uh, monsters and stuff like that, but it it never really um, it felt to me for a long time like it was too much of a effort to translate the mechanics of the video game directly over. And there were some things about it that just didn't quite fit. Um, whereas the this most recent one we found, uh, I keep saying we me I found it <laughs> um, is. Um, it actually feels like it's it's capturing the spirit of that uh, particular uh, game, and it's just fucking awesome. It's a, I think it's a really solid um, effort at converting over the spirit of playing in World of Warcraft uh, to playing in a in a role playing game, a tabletop role playing game. So, um, but I don't want to necessarily just uh, necessarily just gush about that particular campaign, which I think is is proven to be a lot of fun. We got um, we had a really good session last night. But what it got me thinking about is some of the campaigns I have kicked off uh, recently. You know, uh, since the start of 2019, I've kicked off about five or six different campaigns. And, um, you know, one of the things that I have, uh, starting so many things fresh at around the same time, is leaving me to recognize uh, that there are some... Well, there's, there's some lessons to be learned here, particularly given uh, the ones that I don't feel are are going quite as strongly. And the lesson I find is that, um, and I think that I'd like to just impart in this, uh, uh, you know, or pass along, I should say. Impart sounds so goddamn pretentious, but uh, what, what it is, is the, the observation I have is just fucking run. You know, just run the game. Um, the... I really, you know, it, I started off that campaign with two different adventures going uh, in Heirs of Eversong because we started with one group of people and then we suddenly had a different group of people who were available at a different time and the key character who was playing in that first one was no longer available so we had to kind of rejig things on the fly and uh, we've settled in now so we've got about seven players in uh, in that campaign of which five or six show up each session and um you know, uh, in other, in in the past, I think I may have been uh, frustrated, or um, I may have been deterred by the fact that um, I didn't have everyone, and that the story wasn't quite lining up, and there I was leaving, you know, plot threads or um, threads that were were not being resolved, and 
I, I just don't care, you know? Like, we're having so much fun playing this, and uh, I'm just going to, even though we have not played one session effectively, uh, and there's one adventure that's left uncompleted, um, or not completed, I'm, I'm gonna, just going to send an email to that player and say, hey, here, here's what you've learned in that. We'll play through that at some point, and I'll try and make it interesting. But, um, you know, we'll do that as a war story when no one else is available. And, um, you know, the thing that I... So first off, it was limited planning that I had in mind, and I'm kind of only doing the planning for each individual session um, just before the, um, uh, what do you call it, just before the actual uh, session. So it's only about a day before is when I'll figure out what's actually going to happen in that session. And I have some rough ideas for where I think I'd like the campaign to go, but I'm just letting it kind of unfold at the pace that it unfolds at. And that's been proving to be really successful, you know? Like, I mean... In this last session, we had a player make a decision that is going to have really dramatic consequence on the campaign going forward. You know, they the without spoiling the episode um, for any who may want to watch that episode of uh, Heirs of Eversong, um, one of the players was presented with a very tempting. Uh, offer and they jumped on to me. Honestly, the whole party was, but one player in particular has jumped, or character I should say, has jumped on that completely. And uh, you know, if I was running a campaign where I had a more, if I had a clear idea of exactly what was going to happen at exactly what point, and you know, the story beats we were going to hit, uh, that would really fuck things up. But the fact that we're just sort of you know, seeing it come together and it's going where it's going. Uh, that is just awesome. It's just, it's not disruptive. It's more fodder for great story going forward. And, um, you know, I think about our, uh, astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of Hyperborea game, uh, Reavers of Tula and that campaign too, where I just sort of threw the guys off in the middle of nowhere. And then we just sort of started playing and, and saw what happened. And that's, the characters have really crystallized. Like we've got clear ideas of what their personalities are. We've seen some changes in the way they interact with each other. And uh, again, like that, I, I credit that organic growth to the fact that there was not a master plan in place. You know, like I, I do have ide- I do have ideas, clear ideas of, of what, uh, you know, what is happening in that world. But for the purpose of the particular campaign. Um, I don't have like, oh, and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. I'm just kind of letting things go. And uh, boy, is that proving to be more fun. Like it's, it's interesting. I think it, uh, it makes, it allows for really unexpected um, decisions. You know, it's, it's not uh, things following along according to the DM's script, you know. Because um, you can think of, there are ways there, I mean, in every Dungeon Master Guide or, you know, DM section or Storyteller section of... Uh, of any role-playing game, they talk about how to structure adventures, and like one of the ways they talk about structuring um, stories is to effectively have all roads lead to Rome. You know that like you want something to happen in the game, and really like the characters, it does have an appearance of them making decisions as to you know how to get to that point, but ultimately it's going to lead them to the point where you want them. Um, and that's I mean that's fine. It's totally totally fi- uh, fine because you know as long as everyone's having fun, then who gives a shit how you get there. Uh, but the thing I find interesting about this approach is that it is, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's surprising and enjoyable for me, the DM as well. You know, I, I don't really know where things are going and it's giving, it's proving to be terribly interesting to, to think about after each session of like, boy, how am I going to, 
hmm, how am I going to reconcile this? And I, I can think of last session, there's been three things that happened that I'm like, boy, that's, that's really fucking interesting. And I, I can't wait to, to come up with stuff to work with that. Like it's given me great, um, great fodder, uh, to, uh, for, for future story and, uh, Future character drama, and uh, that's that's been the case in uh, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea as well, and um, and uh, honestly, that I think was the case with Barrow Maze as well too. My my uh, Barrow Maze campaign uh, went about thirty. It's currently on hiatus uh, unofficially, uh, but uh, it's, it went about thirty three or thirty four sessions, and it had that similar thing too, where there was there was a way forward, but we were just seeing where things go, and it was so much more enjoyable to run uh, than what. Um, you know, a, a rigid, you know, uh, set out path is, you know, and I'm obviously regular listeners may know that I'm making veiled, you know, kind of <laughs> um, aspersions uh, towards the adventure paths. But, uh, but I mean, I guess what, what I'm saying with this is not to just uh, shit on adventure paths, because there's nothing wrong with structure. If you prefer, every DM is going to run things in, in their own way and, um, and have a comfortable level of preparation with them as well. There, and there's, you know, there, there is, um, a school of thought that says, you know, that, uh, well, you know, if you prepare beforehand, um, then there's nothing you'll be able to improvise that, uh, is, is better than having that, uh, that pre-made work done. And I think, to be honest, I think that is absolute and utter horseshit. Uh, that is complete bullshit and they don't get, I think that is a perspective of one person saying there's one authorial view of how things will play out or how things lay, st- stand, and um, it does not recognize that it is a, that uh, gaming is a collaborative endeavor. It is something that uh, everyone is involved with, and if you've set stuff so rigidly in stone and it doesn't f- uh, flex for whatever the uh, players are doing, then I don't think you're doing your fucking job properly. I mean, everyone may be on, you know, on board with that, but... Um, you know the master uh, of uh, and the the ultimate uh, intent of gaming is that everyone has a good time, not that you accurately portray your notes as you pre-wrote them. You know that's nonsense. Um, but anyway, I mean that there's not a wrong way to, to game, obviously. But I think that uh, to take one way and say this is the you know the quote unquote be best way, you know um, that's I think just nonsense. Anyway, I, I'm also getting uh, <laughs> off topic here. The reason I wanted to record this is just, you know, um, if you are finding um, that you are, you know, you've got a fledgling campaign that you've got in mind, uh, you've got a game that you really want to run, and you've got a rough idea, you know, you do not need to do any further prep because as you play, players will do things and make decisions and whatnot that will uh, not only, if you have these, you know, carefully um you know, set out plans, will the players disrupt them? Um, they will also feed you tons of ideas and uh, elements with which you can construct your your world and make your idea that you had even better. You know, whatever you had planned with the campaign, they will add you things to make it even better. And that'll be things about the characters, uh, um, about the uh, actions that they're taking in the campaign. You know, there's... Uh, so many things that, that will be introduced even in that first session of play. If you're doing a session zero, you'll have things come up. If you're doing uh, pre-gens and you're jumping right in, then sim- similarly, they're gonna, there's going to be stuff that happens at the table that will change your, uh, your plans and uh, more often than not for the better, right? Uh, so by that, I mean just jump in, you know? And the other thing is, is if you have 
this has been a recent realization for me, but, um, you know, for a long time, I used to get really caught up on what characters are at the table. Well, coming up with, with ex, uh, you know, excuses for why a, a certain character is absent or, you know, because a player couldn't make it. Life come, gets in the way sometimes, and particularly if you have a bigger group, um, it can be difficult when you leave on a cliffhanger with one character and then that, that player suddenly is not able to make the next session. Um, but the thing is, is uh, that I have come to realize is players don't fucking care. You know, like, in, 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 there are some similarities between uh, gaming, like um, tabletop gaming and, uh, um, uh, you know, movies or TV or novels or things like that. Uh, but it's not the same thing. You know, the, the transition, if you had a, t- a TV show that ended on a cliffhanger and then you came back and the next episode was, you know, focusing on someone completely different from uh, the characters that, um, you know, that we left with, yeah, viewers would be a little pissed off, but players in a role-playing game are there to have fun and play their characters. Uh, they're not going to care so much if you suddenly say, okay, well, so-and-so has just been really quiet for the last little while. They're there to just play, and it's silly to think that it is more important to come up with convoluted story reasons for why uh, the characters are suddenly not taking a lot of actions or are not actively participating in role-playing scenarios when um, a, a, their player is uh, is absent. Uh, and also, I mean, you know, I, th- I think that what you will find is as you play more, as those characters really crystallize in, at the table as they're being played, um, when a player is absent, the rest of the players will be able to predict what that character will do. They can tell you, oh yeah, no, so-and-so would totally do that, or so-and-so would totally, you know, agree with this NPC or, or whatever. You know, whatever their uh, their action is. Um, so you don't really need to worry about that. And that for that, I mean, you know, especially when a campaign is getting going, you're going to see players uh, sometimes come and go. I, I think I, I've had uh, at least one player either drop out or join f- uh, from my uh, the various from almost every campaign uh, that I've run. I'm trying to think if it's everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, every, every campaign from the time that we. I initially set the plans and fixed the players. I've seen changes in roster, uh, and it has not affected it. I mean, it really hasn't affected the game at all. Sometimes, I mean, it uh, if if you're just a seeing it as um, uh, a story medium where you're you're playing along, um, you know, then yeah, I, I guess like viewers might feel, well, why is this character not, uh, you know, um, why is this character suddenly silent, um, but. You know, I mean, even like looking at the biggest uh, tabletop uh, streaming game, um, the uh, Critical Role, there's, what's your name, Ashley, whatever her last name is, her character is often absent, and I don't think it really impacts on the story at all. Like, it just, the, um, um, what's his name, Matt Mercer, uh, just uh, adjusts the uh, the campaign to fit, you know, when she's in, the spotlight goes on her, and, and she's incorporated, and when the player is unavailable, she just, it's just, you know, they don't focus on that. They don't uh, place the spotlight on the fact that she's not there. And I've, I've done the exact same thing in my Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers game and in my Starfinder game. And, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't... And, in, I mean, to be honest, our, our Heirs of Eversong game, too. So even if you're seeing some, um, you know, changes or uh, some fluctuation in your characters at the outset of a campaign, that in no way is going to you know, affect the, uh, the success of that campaign. Um, 
campaigns are very much like you know getting a new band together you know they're going to take a little while to get used to everyone's quirks and uh you know and and their the way that they they play and that's something that can only really be worked out by playing so you know looking back um i think our our session of uh airs of eversong last night was our uh, strongest one so far it was really really solid session the, the session before that was quite good as well but uh role playing wise this one was particularly good with some great story elements that the players were throwing into the game and uh it's made me recognize that those rocky earlier sessions where I think that we were still trying to figure out what the campaign's about and who these characters are. Like that's all just a necessary part of getting to the meat of a good campaign of, of seeing these characters take, you know, um, seeing these characters coalesce and uh, the story beginning to really, you know, form around them. Um, yeah, and I mean that's so. I, getting back to my original uh, point, the reason I wanted to record this uh, this episode is because you know if you are finding yourself. Uh, struggling with uh you know getting a solid group together and uh you know getting you don't have you feel maybe you haven't prepared all of your what you would be you would want uh for the you know running a long-term campaign you don't have all your plans together all your npcs my advice is just pick up and run start going and then um in particularly you know once you get that campaign going and uh the players start having fun it's something they will make time for it's something they will set aside time to, to make sure that they're making those sessions. And then, again, it becomes this, this fantastic feedback loop where players are giving you awesome stuff to, uh, to work with and then you keep giving them great stuff and they keep giving them reasons to come back and you may have new people join. Uh, you may have players uh, or characters leave, but if you just keep soldiering on, you will find that uh, you, know, you suddenly find yourself with a, a solid ongoing campaign. So... Um, Anyway, that is um, that's really all I wanted to uh, to talk about today. Uh, just I, it, it had been kind of uh, lurking around in my uh, in my noggin uh, the last little while, and I thought I would uh, quickly record a session, uh, or record a session, a uh, an episode, just to uh, to have if those folks who may be on the fence about getting their game to the table, uh, I say just play. You know, get get it going, and then you will make adjustments. And again, it's a role-playing game. It's not a you know uh, feature-length film. It's not a uh, ongoing TV series. Y- you don't need to have perfection. You know, your players will forgive a great deal of your fumbling with things and looking things up and stuff like that. So just start playing, and uh, they will uh, reward you with really terrific uh, story elements and performances and ideas and actions that will just help your um, help you really get to uh, the final, you know, draft, as it were, of your campaign together. So, anyway, that's all my thoughts uh, for today. Let's make with the outro. Okay, so I listened to the first part of this episode a couple of times today, um, not because I'm a narcissist, but because I wanted to really get a sense of whether I captured what I was wanting to talk about. And that it, it actually got me thinking about something else that I probably should address as well, which is the flip side to... Uh, you know, to just run it is that it's okay to say, you know, goodbye. Um, I've had now uh, two campaigns, one I was playing in and one that uh, was uh, something I was running that I am no longer involved in. One, I stopped running it and one, I dropped out of it. And uh, the dropped out one is as a player. So I don't think it quite fits with the theme of, um, you know, of what, uh, 
I'm talking about in this episode. But the other one, you know, for I'd set out at length the reasons why in a previous episode why I don't think that the campaign was working. But the thing is, is um, by dropping that episode or, or rather that uh, campaign, which I didn't feel was working, it it made way for the campaign that I'm currently running that I'm enjoying the hell out of. And, um, you know, the, uh, the thing is, is that with, with any, you know, the, 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 the adage that comes to mind is, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I think with a corollary is, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And that's where just sitting down and running something and seeing what a campaign can be, um, that's the way that you, you know, test things out. But you, you also have to be willing to say, you know what, this really isn't, isn't working. I, I, I've, uh, we try this out and you can try and, um, you know, and, and work through what, uh, what's wrong and try and fix things. And it's good, I think, whether you can carry on with a campaign or not to diagnose what's, what's happened in a campaign uh, because, you know, it'll help you avoid any uh, missteps in the future or hopefully help you avoid missteps in the future. Uh, but I guess, so one option, if that grand experiment of yours doesn't work out, is you just, you know, you, you call it a day, you say, all right, well, guys, I, I, this did not work out. Uh, so... I'd like to try and do something different. Uh, the other option is blow it up. Blowing it up, uh, by which I mean just throw something wild, something that, that'll possibly interest you, possibly interest your players. So tear it down or build it up, I think, is the theme of this uh, section. Tear it down is you just, you're not going to be um, running with that story or that structure any longer, and what you're going to do is rebuild hopefully that group or at least that time that you set aside to run that game into running something different because you know setting a, uh, taking time that you had set aside for gaming and doing something else with it is madness so we're going to assume that that's not happening you tear it down you pick some new campaign and roll the dice on that one literally or blow it up introduce some wild x factor that uh you uh have been thinking of to try and really shake things up you know, that, that requires you, I think, to have a good idea of what you think is wrong with the campaign, whether that's your engagement, the player's engagement, the nature of the story, the rollout of the elements, like what, whatever you think is, uh, is going on that is not, uh, you know, not working. Um, and I'll give you two examples of what I mean by blowing it up. So one is something that I didn't do, but I really wish I had. So I had one campaign where I was running, this is actually the first campaign I ran for 5th edition D&D. It was the Tyranny of Dragons campaign. So new books were out, new campaign was out. I was very, very, very excited about 5th uh, edition D&D. And so we started playing almost immediately. And um, I quickly found that I, I really did not enjoy, regular listeners will know this is a, a tired old song for me, that I really don't run like running long pre-made adventures like in particular uh, uh, D&D style things where it's really just like one series of combat encounters after another and the and I, I don't mean that to, to slight there's obviously more to those uh, stories than just that but that's really the stuff you find that's the meat of most of what you find in the uh, in the rule books and there's plot that you know is it provides interstitial uh, tissue for those combat encounters but largely that's what it is it's set piece to set piece to set piece and, and that's the game and um I was really tiring of that. I really didn't care for it because the in the course of the campaign, I had introduced something 
as I am wont to do, kind of on the fly, and the players really loved it, and it was this weird link to the God of Death. I had this long-term sort of um, plot idea for um, for the God of Death in, in uh, the Forgotten Realms. Now, for the life of me, I can't remember what that actually was at this point, and uh, my notes are stored away somewhere in a uh, banker's box, so I, I really couldn't uh, tell you what that was, but it was really exciting me, and we were playing up more and more elements, and really it was one of the players became kind of infected with it and was helping to spread this this uh, kind of like undead plague. The trouble was, was that it got to a point where the players could either continue to pursue this undead plague thing, or they could carry on with the plot of the Tyranny of Dragons. And I, th I, I guess what I could have done is... I could have just, you know, let made them make the decision and then they could, you know, save the day with one thing and live with the consequence of the other. But I was really not particularly interested in carrying on with the Tyranny of Dragons plot. And I was much more interested in just blowing up the realms and having a massive uh, undead outbreak happen, you know, and, uh, and just see what happened. I had no idea where it would go from there, but that just seemed like a really interesting instigating event. And we had enough um, clarity as to what the characters were and who... The players seem to really enjoy playing them. So, it, you know, there would have been enough forward momentum in that campaign in the sense of the players bring, you know, knowing what their characters were interested in, what they valued, and, uh, and driving that plot forward. I didn't have to have an overarching plot, but I didn't do it. Instead, I stuck with the plot for a little bit longer, and then that campaign died because I was just not interested in running it any longer. And I, I regret to this day that I didn't just blow up that campaign and see where it went. That would have been a ton of fun for me. And I think a ton of fun for the players as well, too, because they, it was much more, um, it was much clearly linked to their characters rather than the fact that they just happened to be around when the first plot thread started. And I guess that, that was maybe the problem I had with that particular campaign. And with a lot of the adventure paths is I'm not sure there's quite a good enough baked-in reason for why your characters will continually give a shit uh, on a personal level as they go through an adventure path, apart from the fact that you all happen to be on an adventure path. Um, but again, I, I don't want to make this episode about me shitting on adventure paths. I, I greatly enjoy reading them, and a lot of them are extremely creative and have tons of great material in it. It's just, um, yeah, this is my own peccadillo. But that's example one of uh, blowing up where I should have. Example two is something I have mentioned on this podcast before, and it was from years ago when I ran a reskinned adventure from the old D&D um, &D, uh, Ravenloft, or AD&D technically, AD&D second edition uh, Ravenloft setting had a box set called Mask of the Red Death. And what it was was an alternate uh, universe uh, setting where you'd play in effectively like 19th century um, Earth. And uh, it was gothic horror set in 19th century Earth. And there was this sort of overarching evil that uh, your characters would take up arms against, and it was awesome. Like the, the box set has terrific, uh, you know, art in it, and uh, it was just it, I gave I loved running it. I, I ran that quite a bit, um, but that was using AD and D second edition. For one time, I reskinned an adventure from that that was set in Boston and that dealt with the uh, Jack the Ripper. I bet you, like reading it again, it probably would be garbage. But I really enjoyed the adventure at the time, and uh, we. Um, we ran it using a kind of mashup of old uh, World of Darkness stuff. So we had uh, vampires, we had werewolves and, and uh, mages, and they were all sort of involved with that. And 
it wasn't, you know, like the adventure wasn't great, to be honest. It didn't play out very well. The players really didn't buy in on it. Some of our players were not um, regular gamers, so I don't think they were as sort of primed to just go along with the adventure. They were floundering a little bit. And then, God bless them, one of my uh, players, uh, Chad, who plays in, if you are a viewer of our YouTube channel, then uh, Chad, you'll recognize Chad as one of our players in uh, several of our games, but Chad playing a vampire, decided to just say, fuck it, uh, I'm going to start scheming against the other players. And the whole second half of our adventure, the Jack the Ripper nonsense all went to the side, and it was all these players jockeying against each other, you know, or, or jockeying with each other, trying to find a position of power. And it ended up with this insane ending where, like, you know, uh, Boston was nearly burned down because one guy was trying to burn out, uh, one vampire was trying to burn out the the a haven of another vampire and it was awesome it was just it was such a a fun um you know blowing up of what was supposed what was we were supposed to be doing of or quote unquote supposed to be doing and it, it it stands to this day as a great example to me of you know if something's not working kick over the apple cart you know like uh, there there's the uh, Dashiell Hammett adage of like if things slow down i think it's Dashiell Hammett i may have that wrong with one of the other pulp writers but um uh, that if, if things slow down, you just have a guy burst in through the door with a gun. And uh, the metaphorical equivalent of that is what you can do with campaigns that are not working, is just think of, of ways to dramatically change the, uh, the equation and make it, uh, you know, make it better. At worst, what will happen is things will not get better, and, uh, and you'll just wrap up the campaign. Um, I guess the one caveat I'd give for that is that your players, there has to be a level of implicit trust uh, between the players and the DM with that kind of result. Um, I have one campaign right now uh, that I am running that I'm, um, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not enjoying as much as I should. And uh, I, because I've got a lot of players in that one who have specifically joined that game to specifically play through that adventure path, I can't blow it up. I don't think that's fair. It's not fair for me to suddenly be like, nope, now here's what's happening and this is what this campaign's about. Now let's see what happens. Like they they have sort of bought into that particular um that adventure path. So I, I think that uh that um that won't work for that. But um and it's not to say, I mean, that that's a worthy uh exemplar as oh as well of how like that that's not necessarily the answer to every campaign, um, if it is unfair to your players, if it is so dramatically changing their expectations. And actually, I had an example of that where I I transitioned one character from a uh, uh, one from one campaign, from a Forgotten Realms campaign, into this, this you know, post-apocalyptic, wacko science fantasy setting for the Barbarian Conquerors of Kanahu uh, product. It's it's a, basically, if you can picture the old cam, the old uh, cartoon, Thunder the Barbarian or Thundercats or something, or those things. It, it's basically those sensibilities. So the player, um, we transferred him over and he, he seemed to enjoy himself in that session. But when I heard from him afterwards, he's like, you know, I, I really prefer to have a character who fits the setting and is built ground up to fit that setting. He just could not get uh, around the incongruity of having a character from one setting in such a dramatically different setting. And conversely, I did it with another player. I, I took his character from our Legend of the Five Rings game and I threw him into that. And uh, and he loved it. You know, he had a, a blast in the setting. So so it, it's 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 a good, you know, the, the whole idea of blowing up the campaign. Um, you really, 
think looking back in the context that you know again the the most important thing is that everyone's having a good time you need to make sure that your players are going to be kosher with that you know if you're really going to blow up the campaign then you need to make sure that your players are on board with you making dramatic changes to try and keep the campaign interesting and fun for everyone involved and um, if blowing up the campaign is is going to break that um, unspoken or unwritten contract that they have between players and dm when you enter into campaign which is uh, the players will give up their time and, and effort to uh, play in your game and you will give up your time and effort to run a game for them. And um, if that doesn't uh, honor that uh, implicit contract, then uh, it's, it's probably not going to be the right uh, answer for you. But if you, if you do find that your players are willing to trust you with that, then by all means, break out the dynamite, blow it up and see what happens. If, if it doesn't work, then you're no worse off. You're just going to be winding down a campaign that was likely going to wind down anyway. Uh, at best, what you'll get is you know fresh new blood injected into a campaign and everybody will be ready to engage with that material in an even more enthusiastic and exciting uh, manner. So so that's the flip side to uh, to just run it is that you know it's okay to say that something is not working or to try and uh, you know shake things up wildly and introduce dramatically different uh, elements. Um, into an ongoing campaign to try and and, and uh, rejuvenate it and, and rejuvenate your interest in running it and the player's interest in uh, playing it. Though, to be honest, players have an easier job of it because if they don't like a campaign, they just drop out or they start coming up with excuses for why they can't make a session. So there you go. Um, so that's the flip side. Just get it to the table. Just do it. Just run it. And if it ain't working, blow it up or tear it down. Build something new. So that is the end of the episode. Officially, let's make with the outro. Okay, so that's it for uh, this week's episode. Um, as always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns regarding the episode, please don't hesitate to leave me a comment. Uh, you can uh, shoot me a voice message on uh, Anchor. Uh, you can um, reach me on by email at uh, dungeonmusings at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Dungeon Musings. And um, that, I believe, is... Uh, that's actually it. <laughs> that's the only ways you can reach me. Um, uh, in addition, I, I will mention as well that uh, from uh, the time of recording up until July 1st, July 1, 2019, we are running a raffle, a charity raffle to benefit the SOS Children's Villages International Charity. This is a, uh, a raffle where the grand prize is a... Um, it is a uh, platinum edition of, sorry, it's Beetle and Grimm's platinum edition uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist Adventure. So this is a $500 US uh, product that you cannot get any longer, that uh, you can uh, get a chance to win by donating $25 to the Heroes Save Villages campaign. Now, if you go to the Dungeon Musings YouTube channel, you can find the uh, all the details. There's a video there about the uh, Heroes Save Villages raffle. Um, you can see that there are uh, also a bunch of other great prizes that uh, are available or for uh, to win with the um, uh, with your ticket. Uh, we've recently, since the last episode, we've had gosh, uh, Modifius has uh, provided uh, some prizes for us to to give away. Uh, Paizo has reached out. Uh, we've got some prizes from uh, Cubicle 7. We've got prizes from um, Pelgrane Press as well, too. So 
there's a, a bunch of, and then in addition to that, there's the other prizes that we had before, including core rule books for Delta Green, for Legend of the Five Rings, for uh, RuneQuest, Glorantha. So there's a bunch of cool stuff that is uh, available to win, and all donations go to help the uh, people at SOS Children's Villages do the work that they do to, um, to help kids. So um, if you enjoy the content on the channel, I just ask that you consider clicking through, or the podcast, I should say, uh, I consider you check it out and uh, consider making a donation to give you a chance to win the massive grand prize or one of the other mini prizes. Otherwise, I hope all is well on your end. And until next time, happy gaming.